the first night of our tour, first night, we were in Miami. Yeah. We rehearsed, you know, we got our shit together. I leave for love is all we need. And Nas is not out on the stage. Nas Crickets. missed his call, his cue, his call on yeah. love is all we need. Nah. Yeah. And we was like, what's going on? It was somebody on the team. First day. Drop the look back. Man, I wanted to send him home, man. <laughs> Nas was hot. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody had their orders. But somebody on my team that was that had that job wasn't paying attention. And uh, I missed that whole part. You missed the whole thing. I missed thing. the whole part. The whole oh, joint. Oh, no. And that was the first night, so I was like, what the fuck? I was, I was like, yo, where this nigga at? What, what's, I'm backstage, like, where's he at? I don't she hear him. On you. I don't see him on TV, because you know how we have the TV. Yeah. So yeah. I'm panicking. I'm like, I'm like, where's he at? But that was our first night. He yeah. never missed a thing. Never again. This is Nas. Growing up in Queensbridge, I never imagined the music I heard blasting at the park would change my life and transform the world. But it did. And I've met a lot of people along the way who feel the same. Take this journey with me to explore how we built the culture and continue to carry on tradition. You're now listening to The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. Hey, this is your co-host, Minya O, AKA Miss Info. On this very special episode, we speak with the one, the only, Mary J. Blige. To the world, she's the epitome of glamour and power. But MJB and Nas go way, way back as friends first. We get the rare opportunity to hear them talk together about their journey to greatness, the pitfalls of the game, and their personal lives. There are those rare artists who can connect with their audience on a personal level and make them feel like they're speaking to them one-on-one. The one and only Mary J. Blige is one such artist. Throughout her marvelous career, she has connected emotionally with her fans. Her struggles are theirs. Her triumphs are also theirs. Known as the queen of hip-hop soul, Mary has always been about the people who listen to her music. She gives them a part of her, and she's loved by millions for doing so. Her talents, her passion, her understanding is a gift that we can all appreciate. Mary, how weird is it? You know, having known Nas for so long, uh, 
Is this weird for it, him it's to not be? It's weird. It's beautiful because when you grow up, you you realize the value of people. Like it's like, wow, this not Nas has been my friend forever, and he's really been a friend like through everything. Like through, you know, when we, in the '90s when we was all kids going crazy, and then when I got married and he was there too. You know, like just being a supporter from the background, like you know, yes. and, and and a protector, and then. He's just really solid. He's just been solid. Like a lot of people are not solid, and they just are not mature enough to, you know. He's always been old. Like Nas has always been mature. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's beautiful to me. But is it surprising to you to see him take on something like this podcast where he's going to be sharing of himself like in a public way? Yeah, this yeah. is surprising because he's quiet. Mm-hmm. Nas don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised yeah, Nas. I'm surprised you know I knew you was gonna be surprised I was like wow you're so tied also to hip hop and so like yeah, when you, you did that song you're a hip hop yeah you're right like really a you're a rapper a rap that just knows how to sing like a like especially that Poobah song the song with you and Poobah oh what's the 411 Mary's a rapper y'all I mean her, we bought her tapes man they was like rap tastes like we'll fight over there who took my tape <laughs> Like, who took that? Like, where is that? Did you ever feel like when they would say, like, oh, well, why don't you just spit like spit a little verse? Did they tell you to rap or do you just, you knew you was going to rap? I just album? knew you I was. Because <laughs> we used to do it in, my sister and I, we, my sister rapped too. We did it in her. We beat on, y'all, I was a, I could beat on the table. I could beat, yeah. bo- I could beatbox. I could yeah. dance like crazy. I could, I could battle anybody at anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> anything. This is what we did in the hood to free our minds. We beatbox, we drank, we smoked, we did drugs, whatever we needed to do. So yeah, I was I, I knew that's something I wanted to do. I couldn't wait to do it too. I couldn't wait to do that what's the four one one remix with Biggie. Yeah. <laughs> well you were talking about um dressing yourself, doing your own hair, but at a certain point, especially with the uptown days and with your album, the style, your style was like a whole thing on, in and of itself. There was the music, but then there was the style. Yeah. And it was like stuff that girls had never even seen before. It was a combination of what all the guys were wearing, mm-hmm. plus like, but keeping it sexy. I'll never forget, it was like a leather bustier with the jacket over it in one of the videos. Mm-hmm. And it was just blowing our mind. Yeah. The plaid well, hat. Well, thank you. Trip. Thank you. I think, um, you know, because I know um, Puff, and, um, Puff and Misa was like a team mm-hmm. when we came in. But when I when I came in, I came in with Timberlands and jeans, and I was wearing jabos and polo jackets and furs. Like I was, that was all before I even got into the music business. When I was living in Yonkers, every guy I dated was a drug dealer. Yeah. So I was rocking chains before you know, girl, people. You know, I was fly. way ahead. You had to stay flying. And I was I was one of those chicks. I was considered a drug dealer because of the way I dressed and moved. And so when I got into the music business, that's what they saw, and that's what. Puff gave me. He was like, you going to wear this Armani suit. But I never wore men's Armani suit before with my hat turned back. And the I'm going down video, that's Armani suit with the Applejack. Wow. So that's all Puff. <laughs> and then the hockey jersey, that's Puff and Misa. And um, yeah, they just saw that I was slightly a tomboy, but still a girl, like a girl girl. And they was like, oh, we're going to give her... We're going to give her her with some money. <laughs> it was such a mix of both high fashion and hustler, like straight hustler fashion. And I think like it's a blessing that that all of those things came together at the same time because it could have been, you know, back in the day, 
a label would sign a singer and try to remake their image and turn them into something they wasn't. But you just felt like so authentic. Everybody, I know, I always tried to dress like you. Thank like, you. <laughs> well, Nas, I wasn't having it. They was definitely trying to put me in them gowns earlier. Oh, <laughs> I was like, negative. <laughs> Give me the boots and the skirt. Give me, the, you know, now I'm the gown and the, uh-huh. you know. They was trying to change my name. They was trying to change my age. I was like, I don't want to lie about anything because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So you always had Mary J. Blige as your name for when you signed your deal. That was going to be your name. One hundred, you. Yes, one hundred percent. They was trying to take it from me. What were they trying to change your name to? Mary Brown. I was like, no. Mary Brown. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, look, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> nah, that sounds terrible. It takes strength though to actually push back against fancy label people, impresarios, executives to push back against it and kind of hold your own even if you're young, is real. Super real. And knowing who you are before you even get in the industry, knowing you're going to stick to that name, Mary J. Blas, that's that's one of a kind type of artist. Yeah. You know? When you was dating back then, I know you dated some street guys, and did any of them support you? Like, were they happy for you? Oh, do you remember one that was jealous of? That's interesting. Nah, all the street guys. (laughs) And this is what I love about street niggas. (laughs) Because that's what what we are. They were so happy for me. All my drug (laughs) dealers. drug dealer boyfriends was happy. They had a hundred girlfriends. Yep. (laughs) You know? And so you know what that was like. Ah, You know, that was intense. But they loved me. They loved me. They gave me things. They wanted me around. I was fun. You know, they were fun. They wanted me to have the, the first, the newest this, the newest sneakers, the newest earrings. So I was good. I didn't have, never have no physical incidents with them. I never, you know, of course we argue and beef because guys love to cheat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, I was never really like a headache, headache. I just was like, yo, be where you say you're going to be. And that's really it. Like, do what you say you're going to do. Do do what you do because that's what you do. You got a hundred chicks in Harlem, New York, whatever. You know, Yonkers. <laughs> do it, Queens. But do this because you said you was going to do yeah. it. And don't do that in my face. You know? Well, Mary, you got a dope Fire documentary out. Yeah. I'm in it. Thank I'm happy you. to be in it. Thank that. you. And I think in the doc, uh, you tell a story about Andre Harrell coming to the hood yeah. to 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 see you. And you know, you're not meeting in a fancy office. He's coming to the hood, and you knew if if he comes to the hood, he's serious. He was serious, and <laughs> he got out of his nice car with his nice clothes on. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in front of my building. And he had pulled up on the other side of the street in a black BMW. And he had on a black shirt with white spots, looked like leopard. And he just looked like Andre with the glasses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Gary, like waving him in because everybody was looking <laughs> like, yo, who that? What's going on? I was like, oh boy, here we go. Just come upstairs. We, um, I think the elevator was broke or something like that. And we walked. I know we got upstairs some kind Through of Through the crazy staircase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the blunt wrap paper on there and the, the bottles pissy of staircase. pissy staircases and the beer. But you took that as a as a sign of, of intent. Yes, he was he was serious. He came down to the hood and I I think I sang the whole Anita Baker Rapture album, damn near, because that was my favorite album at the time. And oh. 
And I'm, I sang I sang just because I wanted to. Not, it wasn't like, oh, because I'm singing for my life. I sang because I love to sing. And he stood there and watched me. And then, you know, he, when I opened my eyes, he was like, your daughter's going to sing for royalty. That's what he said to my mother. Your daughter, daughter's going to sing for royalty. But I didn't believe nothing was going to happen because people always did stuff like that, you know? They, oh, he wasn't the first person to come and— n- No, it's not that. It's just, like, that wasn't real. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't realistic to me. It was like, okay, this man is here. Are you coming back? That was the thing. Are you coming back? Is this really going to happen? Are we really going to get this deal? Are we really going to get out of here? Yeah. So it was really like, yeah, I right, talk it. Well, you coming back? Okay. And then, he, you know, he came back. You know, well, he didn't come back, but mm-hmm. he came back with the deal. What was your first show? You remember that? The first show I did, I was not, I had nothing on the radio. It was at a club called Arthur's. You know, so everybody in Yonkers, like a lot of people knew I could sing. So by the time I was a teenager, I was an all savage. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't scared. It just was like, oh, this is this is about to get bad. We got to yeah. fight. We got to mm-hmm. kill. I've been shot at. I've been all kinds of shit before, you know, just crazy shit. Yeah. So I, I was at Arthur's. Arthur's Brown Eyes, those were the places we, we hung out. So Mariah Carey was like my favorite singing. Like she was the chick. Her, Malira, Tina Marie. Those was my songs that I would sing outside. Mary, sing this. Sing Tina Marie. Sing more. So I sang um, two Mariah Carey songs. I sang Love Takes Time and I think Vision of Love. When I sang, I wasn't scared. I was just, that, that was my, my freedom, you know. Those are my shows. I didn't get paid. I just did it because I like to sing. And people wanted me to sing. So those are my two shows. And I go to School Street. They'd be like, yo, Mary, sing. And I sing. So, you know, it was, the hood was... Th- those were the moments that were good. If you had some yeah. people, it was some people that loved you, some people that cared. And then the majority of the times, it's like everybody's mad and, you know, wish they had what you had or wish they had more. So I perform at Lucy's. I perform Congratulations at Lucy's. Wow. Um, that's online somewhere. <laughs> you can go look at that. I got to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I did my old hair, my old makeup. You should see that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have no makeup on. But I had this red dress on that I got from High Energy real tight. Wow. And <laughs> my hair looked a mess. Was Latanya there? I'm sure she was. Your um, sister? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just doing like a lot of just going and singing. Yeah. Then life changed and you was like, you on, you onto a whole different plateau. Then you're like, you, now you got your deal. What's the four one ones out? Did you tour? I did, and, and um, I think that was a tour with Jodeci. Wow. Oh. And that was whew, that was rough because that was a, a clear example of everybody just being too young to be in a relationship. You know, you're bugging out, I'm bugging out, everybody's bugging out because everybody's too young and. There's women everywhere, there's men everywhere, and, and everybody's grabbing and holding. And hmm. But, you know, you know women. We're like, what's going on there? What's going on at that video shoot, you know? So that was that was a little messy. Do you, when you look back in it, do you also see, like, the energy was so crazy that we it, we were like two people that couldn't be kept apart. It was a magnetism. Of, of course. It was, that was, I don't know if you call it infatuation. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was young and it was it was intense. It yeah. was like, I'm not going away without you. Yeah. You're not going anywhere without me, but you want to do everything you want to do. And so by the time that happened, I was just wild and crazy. I was just fighting and arguing and fighting and arguing and fighting and fighting. And that was a disaster because everybody was, that was dysfunctional on that end. Mm-hmm. And that was dysfunctional on my end. 
You know, I never seen any relationship really. You know, my dad left my mom early. You know, we was little kids, and I've never seen it uh, really work other than my grandparents. One. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when when people watch the unplugged that you guys did, that oh. was a moment that just. It hurt you, but it also lifted you because you were seeing every relation dysfunctional relationship you had ever been in. So looking back at it, can you tell us, like, what was that like filming that? When you and, and Casey are performing together, were you together at the time? Was it like, were you fighting at the time? We was together and we probably was fighting. <laughs> and let me tell you what I saw. I saw in that, I saw our Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell at the beginning. You knew you guys were young. But hmm. that moment there was like, we didn't have that. We didn't have that musically. We didn't see nothing like it. And we knew that you probably were having a turbulent relationship, yeah. young and rock and roll. You yeah. know, It can't be that powerful unless it's also negative and positive energy together. Like You know, and that dynamic was just, was, was crazy. Well, they was the biggest, like, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. They was like the biggest... Male group, yeah, with rock and roll like they would. They had like a rock and roll status. Like women of all colors, I mean, short, fat, skinny, was going nuts over these dudes. So I was going nuts too. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that was that was a lot. And then you know the hood was going crazy over me. Like that's where I was at. You know, I didn't have a lot of like pop. You know, appeal. I was just you know hip hop and R and B. But they were pop. And everybody loved them, and I was happy for them. You know, I was with them. I was. I'm not a. I'm not a jealous person at all. Hmm. I'm with you. I'm rocking with him. I'm like, where we going? What we doing? Okay, but the only thing I'm jealous about it is, yeah, so that kind of stuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, that was a lot for both of us. And I was. It was like. It, it was. I can't even Bumping describe heads. it. When you're young and you have that, you don't have this as much wisdom as you have now. You're just going crazy over a person. <laughs> And then the crazy thing is that you got to do another album. What's the 411? You are in a relationship with the hottest, one of the hottest R&B groups of all time, Jodeci. That's all over. It's time to do it again. And at the time, people were going around saying the phrase, Southmore Jinx. Your next album is when is a real testing time to see if if it wasn't a fluke, if it wasn't just a one-time thing. And you're sitting there, and as fans, we're like, this for, what's the 411 album? I mean, that's it. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know if she could do it again. It's so good that she don't even have to. Right. But we do, we do need it. And you deliver it. My life. I, I really wasn't concerned about the sophomore jinx. I was concerned about my life at that point. That's why I named it my life. I was concerned about whether I was going to live or die or die on cocaine because, you know, or, or die on, you know, from be drinking too much alcohol or, or this nigga killing me or me killing him, you know. And that was the, the end. That was going into, like, almost the end of it. But we were all still a family because I wrote a lot of songs with JoJo. Um, Casey helped me with, with a lot of things. You know, Jodeci and, and Mary was a family, although we fought. We was just, just dysfunctional. But um, that's probably why I was able to deliver because I wasn't like, oh, God, I got to do it again. I didn't know what the fuck. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I had to get it out. And I got it out and looked up and everybody was going crazy. Yo, Puffy, so, yo, yo, mom, we did it again. And I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> I don't ever even remember during that time being like, yeah, I just remember just high, just floating, going to the parties, you know, getting high, doing whatever I was doing and making it through. What was the song actually that you remember you remi- hearing first? You remind me. I mean, no, 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 no. Let's go back a little bit. I was like, who's this girl right here in a, you in a do for me? Oh, no. I would do, you know, Father MC. <laughs> that was a hit, but everybody's focused on who's this, who's this lady singing in there? You know, the swag was there. You killing the chorus. But you remind me was when I was, I was like, oh, it's like a story like that led there. You on this chorus, you're in the family of Uptown somehow, and then you remind me. And that was it. Like, that was it. Took the streets over. How did that feel, like, when when that dropped? Like, was you surprised it reacted that way that quickly? Well, I was still living in Slow Bomb in the hood. Yeah. And I was on my way with one of my girlfriends on the West Side Highway to her house, you know, driving. <laughs> you was driving? No, she was driving. and Bamboo earrings and all it, that. The whole shit. <laughs> Blonde hair. <laughs> And it came on the radio. I was like, oh, shh. I, like, I, I, I got scared because I'm on the radio. Right. But then, you know, after a while, I was like, oh, wow, thank thank you, Lord. Like, I just thank God because I knew what that meant, that I was going to be able to pull my family from out of the hood in some way. I, I knew what that meant. That was your first thought, like, oh, what this was... means in a bigger picture. Yeah, because we, I don't even want to get into that whole thing. That thing was like prison and hell and the whole thing living in the hood for, for us. And... When it came on the radio, I was just so thankful. But I was scared because I knew I had to go back home. <laughs> and I know what home was and everybody else heard it. And right. then they started playing on the radio. It was playing every single day. And it was not a good thing having that song on the radio every day. So I was going through so much. I was just self-medicating to just not be the person. I was a star already. I was a star from the Father MC video. Yeah. <laughs> so when that first came out, right? I gathered up all my friends. I said, okay, so today the video is going to come out, the Father MC video is going to come And we went to one of my, my girlfriend's house in um, Cromwell, 77 Locust Hill. And um, everybody was there waiting. And, I was, and when the video came on, Nas, I look so, to me, like, you know those Christmas balls? Like, when you look at it and your face be all big? Like that. <laughs> So amp, and then I saw the video. I was like, "Oh no, I look terrible!" Like, what? yeah, it was just. Nah. Like, but that was just me going through what I was going through in my head. Uh-huh. So that those two songs were out, and I was straight in the hood. We was not out yet. Right. Then real love hit, and I was like, "Y'all got to get me the fuck out of here because they're gonna <laughs> kill us." Because <laughs> wow. I was ignoring. I was like, "Everybody ignore it. Don't worry." I was, I was trying to play myself down so nobody won't realize that I was a star living in Slow Bomb. In the projects. In it, like pissy hallways, fights every day, people wanting to fight you because you are you. And I didn't even realize who I was. I still didn't realize who I was because I was in denial because I didn't want nobody to know that I, like I was You wanted to like be invisible. I wanted to play it down because I knew what came with that. Could you imagine real love when that hit? Yeah. It was over. It was just like, it's Mary's world. Real love. Yeah, but I just think like... That is mind-blowing because the perception from the outside is like, your song is on the radio, your video just played. What an amazing moment for you. You must have everything made. It's so easy. And you're describing a hell. (laughs) It was a slow bomb. (laughs) What was the reaction like when you came home that you wanted to 
kind of be invisible and get into your house? Well, because people in the hood are not happy. Everybody's going through something and hurting people hurt people, you know, and I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to get hurt anymore. I've, I've been hurt since since I was a baby, you know what I'm saying, like since I was five. And then we moved to, to, to the projects. It just got worse and worse and worse. I didn't want anybody to know. It was just bad. I didn't want anybody to know I had dreams and they were coming true. And they were like right there coming true. And it was the scariest. It was mm. it was scary, but at the same time, we had to be brave. We had to be brave and walk through the hood with, um, you remind me, blasting on somebody's car as they're driving through. It was just crazy. Wow. It was crazy. So after a while, I was like, you know, I'm going to just go live with my girlfriend in the Bronx. She lived in like Fordham Hills in a nice, nice neighborhood. But I still had to come back and forth because my family was there. So by the time Real Love hit, I was like, all right, where's the money? Right. Get us out of here. So I had two songs on the radio Nas before I even got wow. out of the hood. And then were you able to just move everybody out? Everybody kind of? Everybody. Wow. I grabbed my family. We all, the first thing, where do we go? Jersey. We always go to Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got my mom a house. And everybody was so shell-shocked because everything happened so fast. Everybody was like, what do we do? You know, we... We don't know what to do. You know, we used to live in how we live and live in the projects. And my mother used to live in how she lives. So she's in a house that's bigger than her. She don't know what to yeah. do. So everybody had to grow into this right here. Like, we we earn this. But Nas, do you—I've never heard you speak on those early days in the same way. Like, did you not experience the same fear and sort of the, the hate and the negativity when your song first came out. Like, to me, you've always kind of described it as like a triumphant moment. I came back and I we were on the radio and I was making it and people were, were was everybody supportive? I wonder whether that's a gender yeah, thing, a different. time it's, thing. It's different, yeah, because she's a woman. Yeah. And, you know, people don't know how to act with that. You know, they're like, oh my God, you know, they're going to want to possess her now or, you know, whoever liked her before is going to go crazier now and it's just you know on top of that you know the hood is filled with hood minded stuff me I was the hood minded guy I was the one that you would fear not that I was a scary individual or some tough guy I was already with it so when my joint dropped everybody was with it because it was like we didn't have a record out in our neighborhood in so long it was different because of gender I think, you know. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Women have it hard. And women hate women, too. So, And then you got a bunch of suffering women who are being abused. Like, women was being abused. I could hear them in the hallways getting beat up by their boyfriends. I can hear up, up, upstairs. You can hear everything through the walls. Right. You can hear women screaming. Right. Like, I've I witnessed so much stuff. And it's so that's what I was dealing with. I was dealing with just some hood, project, ghetto Everybody mad because nobody got nothing. Like, you know, but we, you know, my mom's trying to work and take care of us. And we're scared the way I, you know, we wear our sneakers outside. So a song comes out and it's like, oh, damn, we got more than sneakers now. We got more than a new jacket. What now? The songs were so personal um, that I think, you know, Nas, you kind of referred to it, that we would all see ourselves in your music. Was it helping you? Like... When you were making those songs, did you, after you got it out, were you able to be like, okay, I can put that one on the table. Now I can address something else in myself. I feel peace. How did you get peace? I didn't. Uh I didn't get peace for a long time. I just was going through it. Like, there was no peace. (laughs) There was no peace probably till, like, maybe shit now. Damn. (laughs) Now, like, right now. Like, 
I'm trying to remember when I ever my mind was ever quiet and I had just like, oh, I'm so at peace. Like that's my life right now. When I was younger, there was no peace. It was all alcohol and struggling and trying to figure it out and get my heart broken. And when we got to share my world, it was, it was, okay, I got to do it without Puff. So my, my, my friend, my crutch, my brother, we were separate then. So that was a whole nother level of hell. I had to figure out how to do it without him. I was struggling in that world that was just different. It was different without him. But I had to do it. Was it beef? Yeah, or were y'all still cool? No, no, it wasn't no beef. It was just he needed to do bad boy the way he did it, and I needed to do what I was doing. And it was like no love loss. It's just that you you already have what you what you need. So I'm gonna go here and do this because I can't do I can't do that. Hmm. Right. So I'm gonna go over here, do marry, do share my world, and just figure it out. You know, I, I wasn't like you know petrified. I just was like, okay, where's the coronas? Where's the symptoms? Where's the where's the where's yeah. the drugs? Whatever. Let me get through this. And so just with all that stuff, never healing, just going, going, going. And whew, it's it's exhausting just talking about it. You was on the Love Is All We Need song with Jesus. That was the Share My World album. So yes, yes. that was the beginning of, you know, Nas's and our our friendship, you know. So that was refreshing. I was like, whoo. Okay, I met somebody. I, I met one of my favorite rappers, and he's my friend. You know, that was that was dope. And I met my favorite singer, <laughs> and that's my friend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary, 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 Mary. Live your life, girl. Mary like when you met her? Man, I remember I was um I was on my second album and it was, it was doing well. And we met and um man, working on the song cuz you know, I heard the stuff she did with Biggie. I heard the you know, the stuff she was already doing with other rappers. Yeah. So I think everybody that 
that was in music wanted to work with Mary. Everybody. So I had got that opportunity, so I'm like, it felt like an on-top-of-the-world moment. It was definitely that type of thing. And doing the song, I got to meet Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who I was a big fan of, and they was in love with Mary and working on a record. And I got to meet these giants, and I was like, this is cool. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, this is where it's at. Do you feel at all intimidated because you were like, yes. I don't know, Mary's next level, like the, the queen. It's one of the hardest things to do because I'm like, I was trying so many different styles. and I'm trying to approach it to meet her where she's at. It's not a street record. This is her coming out of one thing, going to the next level, and talking about love is all you need. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, try to, try to get that off. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, wow, we we got that off. Yeah. And I was like, you know, oh, it's a video too? Can't tell me nothing. <laughs> Can't tell me nothing back then. It was so crazy. I could tell she was going through a lot. You know what I'm saying? I could tell it was a, it was a whole lot going on. So I was like, wow, she's real. Too real. I'm like, wait, <laughs> she's too real. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. That was great, man. I got I could tell you stories, but I don't think no, I'm gonna yeah. go there. But she was like, Barry was like her own boss. Yeah. If she didn't like somebody, they was out of there. They a force of nature, there. just like Yeah. Yeah. I just saw how she was working it like like she said, her her brother Puff wasn't there on this one. So she's doing it, she's writing the stuff. I'm watching that transition. So it was helpful to me oh, in, in my life to see you working like that. And what was Nas like, Mary? Was he like <laughs> Nas? You said like you said he was old. No, no, He's Nas, an old young person. Nas is, Nas is consistently, I I promise you, Nas. <laughs> he always had his head on, you know. Even when he was young, and I used to watch him, and I was like, damn, I wish I I could, I could just be stable like that at that young age. He was he just always knew what he wanted, and he didn't waver and he just stayed stuck like stubborn like Nas is stubborn and 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 he just he's just a real inspiration because he did not let peer pressure or life or anything sway him from this same guy he's mm. still the same guy but was same he guy. thugged out Nas or was he Hollywood at that you know platinum multi-platinum Nas is, hold on Nas platinum is not Nas, Nas is <laughs> Nas is not never Hollywood. He still ain't not Hollywood. He he can't help everything that's happened. Shit just happened, but he's still, you know, he Nas had a crew, like a whole crew, you know, hundred hundred niggas. <laughs> 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 he moved like he moved, but he was just like he's still him, is what I'm saying. Like he that person that he is is who he was, you know, quiet. And when he get to talking, he's he's talking. Nothing really changed much Nothing except changed. for the money. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's always been um, intelligent, super intelligent. That was Thank inspirational you, to me. Likewise. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you. Musically, you guys went on tour. Like, what made yeah. you guys decide to go on tour? Yo, I, I called Mary up. Really? Well, one New Year's, we was hanging out with Puff. And uh, Puff was telling me some ideas he had that he wanted to do with Mary. But it was kind of like centered in Vegas. Like, 
once he said that, I just started thinking Rat Pack, Sinatra, and this and that. And I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. You know, it was like New Year's and we hung out. So right after New Year's, I'm thinking about touring and I was like, damn, let me just hit Mary. So I just hit Mary like, yo, because I thought Puff was just going to stick to Vegas. And I hit Mary and Mary's like, yo, that sounds I'm cool. Free. I'm yeah. cool. But, you know, Puff was like, yo, I'm trying to go out with her, man. <laughs> I'm trying to go on tour with her. So... Puff was a little tight about that. He was he was mad at me. Like, how are you going to ask her to go? I'm like, wow. I didn't even think because I'm thinking. I said, no, nah, I want to go on tour with Mary, like, around the country. Yeah. He's like, no, me too. I said, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so we, we damn near fighting over who we going on tour with her. And, you know, it turned out. He, he said, give me 30 days to see if this is going to work. And I gave him 30 days. And he was like, nah, you all good. I, I kind of knew he wasn't really going. It was too soon, his idea. Yeah. And she was with it, man. And we put the royalty tour together, and that was a slam dunk, man. We went out there. It was a great tour. Yeah, it was embodied. Like, everybody loved Nas and Mary. Like, they like... Oh, perfect parent. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was perfect. And everything just went together so well. Like, everything. I was watching his show, <laughs> trying to get back to my dressing room and shit before I go on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, at the end, it's celebration time. Yeah. You know, during the show of celebration time, he comes yeah. out for his verse on Love is All We Need. Yeah. And you just keep, it was just. It was incredible. Yeah. And I'm watching the fans, or, or the friends, as I call them, they come out and it's like women in droves, the, the couples in droves, the dudes for the rap and her. Mm -hmm. Like, we have the same type of listener. And your story, Em, is when you start to get into your story and letting them know, you know, I'm watching tears falling down people's faces. We're all sitting there back there watching it. Like, wow, we rocking. Cause these are songs that we always rock with anyway. And then like she said, after the show, she have her crew and I call it Club MJB, her dressing room. <laughs> Cause she got the big speaker, her sister's in there, yeah. her team's in there. She got freshened up and she's Whole new wardrobe on, of fresh course. to death, and wine and white wine, yep. keep it mellow. And you know, the, the no playlist, tequila. no tequila. <laughs> yo, it was so, yo, I got so twisted on tequila one night because Club MJB goes oh, no. goes up and DJ MJB. Her playlist is knocking anybody's playlist. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm a, I'm a great DJ, too. Yeah, it felt like we was, yo, we would all be in a room dancing, but not every night, because some right. nights, you know what I'm saying, she had to rest, or we had to go to the next city or whatever, but yeah. It was yo, this time. doesn't sound like work. No, it was work. It was work. It was work. So we would do it on that day off. That if we have a day off, yeah. the yeah. next day we would do Club MJB yeah. that night. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how big the dressing room was. What was, what was something hilarious or disastrous that happened on tour. Can I tell the story yes, now, please? Yeah, talk. Talk so, talk. <laughs> the first night of our tour, first night, we were in Miami. Yeah. We rehearsed, you know, we got our shit together. Um, I leave for Love Is All We Need. And Nas is not out on the stage. <laughs> Nas missed his call, his cue, his call on yeah. Love Is All We Need. Nas. Yeah. And we was like, what's going on? And then he felt so bad. He was like, yo... He didn't, he didn't, he must. It was somebody <laughs> on the team. First day, first day. Oh. First day. So first day, somebody on the team. Dropped the ball. Look back. Man, I wanted to send him home. Where were you? 
I don't know. You were I, just I was like sitting somewhere in your room? waiting for somebody to tell me on my team. Everybody had their orders, but somebody on my team that was that had that job wasn't paying attention, and I missed that part. So I was I was floored. What happened? Like you ran out. Like uh, I missed that whole part. <laughs> you missed the whole. I missed thing. the whole part. The whole. Oh joint. no! And that was the first night. So I'm a little different when it comes to business. I was like, what the fuck? I was, I was like, yo, where's this nigga at? What, what's, I'm backstage, like, where's he at? I don't hear him. I don't see him on TV, because you know how we have the TV. So I'm panicking. I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, where's he at? And so the next day, he's like, I'm so, yo, Em, I'm sorry. I was like, okay, but, yeah. you know. But that was our first night. He never missed a thing. Never again. Because he's, he's professional. But something happened on his end. So we fixed that. It was no beef ever. It was just our business minds as, like, you know. Of course. Like, I'm supposed to be there. I was dying inside. I know you was terrified oh my of these God. women coming for your head. Yeah, and I and on my name. Like, yeah. damn, how did I mess that up? Like, <laughs> that's not how I get down. Right. And it was beautiful after that. Like it was, it was, it was beautiful that night. We got away with it. We got away <laughs> with it. People ain't even give a shit. People was like, all right, it's empty. Yeah. <laughs> Dance a little bit more. That's amazing. <laughs> Do you guys also connect, like, on a personal level? Like, do you ask Mary for advice? Or, Mary, do you ask Nas for I advice in life? Anytime. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Anytime. You know, having a friend in the business is, that's so important and special because not everybody gets you. You know what I mean? Not everybody's going to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? So when you got somebody that's a friend like that, I mean, how I wouldn't expect Mary to be any other way. If... I didn't have Mary to talk. I don't know who else is like her that I can call, yeah. you know, unless it's family. Um, who's managing you? Me. Me and my team. Like, there's no, um, this is my team, my lawyers and my business managers. It's really Mary J. Blige managing Mary J. Blige because nobody can sell, you know, nobody can sell that. you better than yeah. you. I've had the most success I've had on another level, wow. the success I'm supposed to have. Every every other time it was like, oh, why did you know? Why does this not happen? Everything that's supposed to happen because I'm I'm selling me. I'm right. you know I know what I need. You mentioned earlier that now is when you're feeling some peace. Now is where you feel like you're reaching that that place. Is that have a lot to do with it, or is it a, a combination? Of- it's just got to have to do with knowing myself now. Like I know myself. I know what I want. I know what I don't want, and I don't lie to myself. I'm not a self deceiver. I don't play those games because I need to rest. When I was deceiving myself, I couldn't rest. I couldn't be in my own skin. So whatever you see, I believe it. And that's why I'm able to tell people, all right, 850000 <laughs> Yeah. And the price is going to keep going up because yeah. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. So that's wow. where the peace comes from, knowing, knowing yourself, knowing your worth. People talk about, especially with women, they talk about, aging and times passing in a way that um, we're supposed to be second guessing ourselves and and it's it's true like in the middle you're you're fighting against things that are happening inevitably time passing and you're also clinging on to things that that happened in the past then after you get past that you have warm feelings about things that happened in the past but you are so happy in where you are right now and your power and your decisions and like it's just a different Feeling. Yeah, yeah, and you know what you will never do again. Right. And you don't hate anybody. I don't hate nobody. It's just that right. you, I forgive you, I forgive you, but yep. you cannot come. This is not reconciliation forgiveness. This is, I need 
you out of my space forever, yeah. forgiveness. This is my, detachment. My, yes, this is detachment. So that's where the peace comes from. Like, not, oh, I forgive you, so I have to speak to you or have you around again. No, the yeah. peace comes from, I don't ever want to see you again. Exactly. Don't you ever come into this space again. That's the peace. And the peace comes from what it is that you, how you want to handle your life. What do you want to do? If you want to forgive the person, bring them around, whatever you want to do. Yeah. This is how I'm doing it. And it's, this is what's working for me. But the minute it gets shaky, I have to check myself. Okay, what am I doing wrong? All right. All right, I shouldn't do that. You know? So it's a, yeah, yeah, I have to, I check myself a lot. I look at myself real honestly. Oh, that don't look right. This don't feel right. Why are you doing that? I talk to myself a lot too, you know, mm. about what it really is. That's so important because in this, in this world, just getting through every day is a tough job. Um, and you with all the eyes on you, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a fishbowl in a way. And for you to be where you are is remarkable. And for you to know your worth on every level and what you deserve in your life, I respect that. And when you call out that number, you just called out like, yo, <laughs> I want this. I want 850. I want because you know what you deserve. And you never know if somebody on the team gets that. They might want to play by the rules or they don't want to piss off this agent or they don't want to piss off this record company. So they might just kind of just want to tread lightly and and manage you in a way where they don't piss nobody off. Fuck that. It's about getting your worth. You know what you put in. You know what it takes every day to be you. It's a lot of work. And it's like, if it's not you going to look out for you, who will? Yeah, right. And you're doing it exceptionally well. Thank so I think you got the right answers, the right idea. I'm proud, man. I'm happy. I'm happy to have you here. I'm glad you stopped by to Thank rock you, with us. Thank you, Nas. And let me just mention, I'm still growing. I don't know everything, but I do know and accept that if you have something that can help me as well, and it's going to help me, I, I open my arms and my mind and receive it. So I'm still growing. I'm not like I know everything. I don't even know everything about me, but I know Everything about me right now at this very moment. Right. <laughs> Maybe not, not tomorrow, but right now I know everything. I got to say, I hope you know that your next music moment, album, whatever that is, we're waiting. And well, it's coming soon. I'm in the studio right now. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm in the studio right now. I'm quiet, though. You know me. I'm quiet. We, right. move. we, don't, we don't speak until it's happening. We're ready. Yeah, it's it's it feels good. You know, the words are one thing, but it just feels good. The music. It's that time. Yeah. Come on. All right, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> Mary J. Blige, man. The next episode of The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop, we talk to Juicy J. I don't care what nobody do. I never did cocaine. I've sipped some syrup. I popped some, some pills and shit, Zans, whatever. When everybody was sipping on I wasn't sipping syrup like them niggas mm. was sipping more syrup than me. They was sipping where, like, all day. They couldn't wake up. You know mm. what I'm saying? Couldn't wake up. I've seen a lot of crazy things, and uh, you know, just like a lot of things, a lot of drugs, man, just took down the, took down the group, man, you know.
From Spotify, the executive producers are Gina Delvec and Jason Rodriguez, with additional production support from Leslie Guam and Andrea Salenzi. And special thanks to Courtney Holt, Jessica Dow, and everyone at Spotify who helped the bridge come to life. From Mass Appeal, the executive producers are myself, Nas, Peter Bittenbender, Jenya Meggs. Lead producer is Medina Parwana. And associate producer is Serge Jabrija. Our writer is Gabe Alvarez. Samara Langer and Cliff Cristofaro are our editors. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.